What is up, everybody? Got Mark on the mic here. I've got Lee and Drew from Seek One. These guys are big buck killers in the burbs. A very unique environment to hunt deer, let alone big deer. And I shouldn't really pigeonhole you into that because you guys are doing all sorts of turkey hunting and other stuff. Your YouTube channel is off the charts. I mean, it's just it's super cool. You guys are kicking out a ton of great content. And the context or the subject matter of today's content that we're producing together is uh, is door knocking access. I mean, really the key to any hunt is uh, you got to have a place to go. And you guys are hunting a lot of places. Quite a few. A handful. What, describe, describe to the listeners right now, like what types of properties are you hunting? Like kind of paint, paint a picture of the stuff that you guys are hunting on. Anything. We are kind of um, a product of our environment or we just kind of like played with the cards we were dealt with, made the most of what we had. And so we grew up in Atlanta and started to take notice that there was deer around. Well, the only, the vast majority of stuff around there is smaller blocks of woods. But as a whole, it makes up, I mean, just almost endless amounts of woods and river systems and creek systems and hardwoods. And it's just like a perfect environment for a buck to grow big. That's kind of how we started, but as things have developed, we've gone to new cities, we've gone to new areas, we've started turkey hunting. I'd say our bigger picture is more private by permission, so door knocking. Well, just because the property is 100 acres, it's not like we're only trying to favor small stuff. Like Drew's hunted an 800-acre piece before. You know, we're knocking on any anywhere that we feel like we can potentially get permission to hunt at. So most of the stuff that we do hunt is those overlooked places that ha- that tend to be smaller chunks kind of here and there and stuff. But, I mean, we're really open to knocking on anybody's door that's got hunting property, regardless of the acreage or where it is. So rural or suburban. What's that look like? Because, you know, I mean, I've knocked on a handful of doors over the years, right? And it's like, at least to me, like, it's nerve-wracking. Like, this person, they don't know you. You don't know them. You're You're kind of could be coming from, like, out of the blue. And you're like, you're asking for something like, is that a big thing that people need to overcome and just go for it? Or like, you know, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? I have to overcome it every time I go out and do it. And you've done it a lot. I've done it a lot. And like, I think Lee's different than me in this way, but on a day that I know I'm about to go knock on doors, I wake up and I'm like, gosh, do I really have to do this again? (laughs) And it takes me like, it'll take me a few doors to kind of warm up and kind of start to get comfortable but once you start going, and after you've you know done a handful, you kind of got your pitch. For, my pitch changes daily, just kind of depending on what mood I'm in, kind of the area I'm in. But once you kind of hit, you start hitting on all cylinders, like it's a lot, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But that, I kind of have to. That kind of resets for me each time I go out. I feel like part, a big part of what's made Lee very successful is he's really good at talking to landowners, and he's very comfortable with it. And I'm definitely different. His ratio, his success ratio, is a lot higher than most. I love door knocking. You love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. My like, I love talking to people, and I think being a people person is uh, super helpful in door knocking. I just, I just like talking to people. But my addiction is like the next spot, the next spot, or figuring out a particular buck. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I just, I think that goes to show you like it takes Drew a little more, just like. You know, he doesn't really want to do it, but he's doing it because he's after something or, or grinding to get a new spot or something like, or you're someone who's a people person who loves talking to people. You could talk to anybody like it can be done from both types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So 
you know, just because someone's not a people person or is potentially more afraid to like have an engagement with someone they don't know or whatever, uh, doesn't mean you can't do it. Drew's been incredibly successful doing it and like it's anybody can do it. It just mm-hmm. takes the courage to do it, whether you enjoy talking to people or you you don't. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are. Like, and I'm not saying you you enjoy talking talking to people, but I think I enjoy the. <laughs> I think I enjoy Lee, the door knocking. Lee likes the juice, more. man. Like I go, my heart starts to beat fast. I'm like, oh man, here we go. Like, you know, like, your property? No, okay, bye. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Like, like I think that's a good idea. I wouldn't have let me either. Like, it's just it's stupid for asking. Um, <laughs> Man, I was thinking though, like, I mean, I, well, I was thinking about some strategy with this though. And like, maybe you could, you could go in and say like, um, like I'm going to serve you with papers, You're like, you know, like, or, uh, or, uh, or this is a warrant. And then they're so relieved actually yeah. to find out that it's not that. Then it's like, then you're in. You're like, oh, you just want permission. You know, you're not, this isn't a, this isn't a legal issue. <laughs> I think that actually happened to me a lot this past week. I knocked on a door and like they answered and they're being very like standoffish. On, oh no on who they were because a lot of times I'll lead with like hey is this the so-and-so property because I want to make sure that they actually own the property and they're not renting it and then they're like who's asking <laughs> and then I, and then I like said the name and I, I know it's that's who it was and they're like no no it's that's not us but it was very sketchy I think they were hiding something for sure <laughs> I was like okay well I've had that happen to me too where it's like the tax it's like it was an LLC property and the tax address is this guy's address. It is his name. Say it's Bob Smith. Knock on the door. Daughter answers. I say, hey, is Bob Smith home? Yeah, let me go get him. Here comes Bob Smith. Hey, is this Bob? Bob Smith. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Hey, I want to talk to you about the property you got. Nope, not me. And just like completely started denying that he was Bob Smith and that he owned that <laughs> property. I'm like, anyways. I, I'm just, the, a, I'm just a simple deer hunter. Well... <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is like when you interact with these this massive pool of, you're going to pool of people you're going to get people from all ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. Met, we've met people come across people that are super cool and we have very good friendships with relationships with now and you got these people that are insane just you know very sketchy people, crazy people. Um I've had a gun pulled on me twice from knocking on doors. One time was very very you do like very sketchy. Uh <laughs> And yeah, I mean, so uh, yeah, we've had cops called on us. We've had people threaten to kill us. I mean, just all ends of the spectrum. So yeah, man. I mean, because you don't know, you don't know what you're getting into from like even a mindset of the person, like their views on hunting, right? They might have, you know, uh, a view that's completely, you know, a 180 from, from you guys, right? Where, you know, even if you're going to knock on a door in the country, it's generally like they might hunt themselves, you know, they probably mm-hmm. own a gun, you know, they might have one actually just to the side of the door as they're answering the door. <laughs> Typically uh, they do. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, you're, you're at least, even if you get a no, that person probably shares a similar or is more likely to share a similar mindset on those things than you. I imagine you guys just like run the gamut on those things. Oh, yeah. I mean, more so than not, they're, they're not exp- exposed to hunting very much. Uh-huh. Uh, I think what makes the difference between getting those yeses and versus nos and getting having consistent consistent success is like being able to answer those questions that the non-hunters have or being able to just kind of educate those those non-hunters because it's going to come up and if you don't if you don't have like a a quick well thought out answer to those questions they're going to see right through you they're going to see that you're inexperienced 
and they're not going to feel comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say, I, I know Lee's gotten permission from some spots that like would shock you. Like people that have threatened to kill him at the, <laughs> at the beginning of the conversation. And then eventually he works his way to getting a yes. It's really like, it's all about education. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these people have never interacted with somebody who hunts. So I think that their mind is typically like, oh, they're a barbarian. They're just, you know, killing innocent animals. Like they're just, and that's not the case. And so there's an education opportunity there to have a conversation with someone where they get a better understanding of hunting. And sometimes a lot of people that were anti-hunting are now, after having conversations with us and kind of understanding our process, are now on board and love that we're there and are all about it. So there's a there's an education piece to it. And uh, I have gotten permission from someone who at the beginning of the conversation said they were going to kill me. I've gotten permission from a an older lady who said that she was a part of like the Save the Whales organization and even showed me the calendar she had gotten in the mail that day of how she like spends all this time trying to save whales or whatever. And she was like, I can't believe I'm going to let you do this, but I'm going to let you have my property. And it was all just about educating her on the benefits of hunting and our process and things like that. So yeah, it's just giving people a clear picture of what we do versus the stigmas they may have had, you know, not knowing somebody that hunts. Number one, here's what I respect there. I respect a lot of things, but I love the fact that like a person opens with threatening to kill you, but Lee's like, you know, I'm going to ride this one out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see where I can get, I'm going to see where I can get with this. But like, so, but with that, like, like how much time, because that was going to be my question. Like, is it, is it a, you know, is there an education component where you can, you know, enlighten people on the benefits of hunting, your motives, you know, whatever but then like you kind of have limited time too like how how does or 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 maybe that's my perception of it because i'm just like you know I've got anxiety and i'm like itching to get out of you know that interaction but do you have more time than you think then to, to do that I, I think so i i think it's probably in your head that there's this tiny window and, and people get like a no and they're like yeah okay well, see you later thanks for your time because mm-hmm. like, like i go in not always, you know, but like, I feel like I'm kind of bothering this person, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe you are. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. I kind of, no, well, you just, there. you have to read their body language. Yeah. Like sometimes if they're like trying to close the door while, while you're talking, and you like just, you just, sometimes you just got to know how quickly to get to the point, but it's important to get like your pitch out before you get to the ask. If you can, if, if it looks like they're going to give you the time, because if you get to, uh, can I hunt on your property before you fully explain yourself? Like, the process, the respect you have for the animal, the, the need for hunting, then it's an easy no for mm-hmm. most people. It's a lot easier to, or it's a lot more difficult to turn a no into a yes versus explaining yourself and then at making the ask. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think like, you know, not pushing back, but just being firm yeah. with what you're talking about too. Like you're just having a discussion. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and like Drew said, you kind of read their body language. Like there's clearly, if it's a, like a firm, no, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. But most of the time you can have a conversation and and a lot of, I'll just ask the question, like, do you mind if I ask why it's a no? And that opens the door to really trying to figure out what is the reasoning of them saying no. Like, you know, I think a lot of people would get a no and then just be like, you know, Casey, you thanks. Mm-hmm. And so saying, do you mind if I ask why it's a no? And then potentially having 
this conversation. The lady that said she was going to kill me um, <laughs> that I got permission from, I fired back at her. And I think, like, it's an emotional thing, right? Especially to a non-hunter. Like, they see these deer. They like seeing these deer. They care for these deer. It's an emotional thing when they think someone's going to go hunt them. So she said if she ever saw me on her property that she would kill me. And I said, hold on one second. You're going to kill me? I was like, what are you going to tell my parents? We're talking about deer. We're talking about hunting. I'm having a conversation with you. You just said you were going to kill me. It's like, what are you going to tell my family? Like, why like you're cra- You're acting like a crazy person right now. Let's calm down Hump and have breaks. a con- yeah. And she was she was like, you know what? You're right. She's like, I'm sorry. And after that, she she was just like, it's like it, the guard and this just like emotional, just like me calling her out and having her be like, pump the brakes. She kind of like took a step back and was like, you're right. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk about this. It's almost like it turned you into a human being versus something else. Exactly. She's like, whoa, I'm talking exactly to a human being here. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's really cool. And the other thing, like, do you mind if, do you mind if I ask why? Like you said, if you didn't get a chance to get your pitch out or you didn't get a chance to explain yourself, that kind of like reopens the door. Mm-hmm. You know, versus, you know, like you said, just that front, that firm no. And then it's like, well, my reason is, you know, hunters are like this. Well, I'm not like that. I'm like this. Like, oh, okay. Well, maybe you can hunt here. I mm-hmm. like that. What about like a time frame thing? Like, are you guys trying, is it just like anything, everything? Like, hey, I saw, somehow I became aware of, of a big deer in this spot and I'm going to knock on that door. Or is it like May and you're like, hey, I'd love to hunt your place. I think it's a combination of the two. Some of the bucks that we go after, you know, pictures get passed around. Uh-huh. Lee's the king of, like, being detective and figuring out where pictures are taken and who <laughs> took them. But so there's a forensics component. There definitely is. But there's also, like, I think most of what I do is just going out, just looking at uh, maps and picking out some areas that look like they might be overlooked and just going and knocking and putting cameras up and kind of just using process of elimination until you find something that's worth hunting. Mm-hmm. But I, like it, we do a lot of door knocking in the summertime. We do depending what state we're in. But I mean, we're pretty much door knocking all the time. Yeah, there's there's never really an off season for it. I would say probably some of the most valuable time to be doing it, where I think your odds of getting a yes are far greater, is when people are not hunting anymore, typically, which is that January, February, March time frame. And the reason is, uh, especially in a lot of the places we hunt, you know, a lot of the foliage is gone, a lot of the greenery is gone, the acorns are gone. There's not much food left in the woods. These deer are pouring in the neighborhoods at night, crushing whatever landscaping they got. I mean, they're just, they're way more visible to people too with all the cover being gone. So people understand, yeah, there are a lot of deer. Okay. You know, there's not that much food for them. It's just a, it's a, an easier argument to make that time of year to kind of be like, look, you know, you see all the numbers of deer, there's not much food for them left right now. And you can kind of start to use that as like a valid argument of why there should be some hunting allowed in this area. Most people are done with deer hunting, aren't even thinking about it. But that time of year, we land a ton of spots. We, we did a trip to Ohio in February and got, I mean, because of that one trip, like we will most definitely have success this fall because of that trip that we made, we landed a ton of spots that time of year. And we've got really nice deer on camera right now growing out in some of these places. Yeah. Do you, do you think that makes you look like more serious too? 
like to the person like well this guy maybe he's like a step like yeah. a step ahead you know what i mean like, well, like he's thinking it, about deer in february yeah he's like it's most most a lot of people don't know when hunting season is but some do and they're like oh sure is, is it hunting season in that. the fall it's like yeah yeah it is but we just like to start preparing seven months in advance <laughs> it does bring some validity yeah yeah what about um like time of day or day of the week does that play into your strategy like sometimes i'm like it's sunday or something yeah. and i'm like man i don't want you know maybe this is like a truly a day of rest for these folks like i don't want to bug them on a sunday like or does it just run the gamut it's honestly changed with covid like it's a, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier now because in the past we'd I'd go on weekends Saturday and Sunday start like mid morning but on the weekends a lot of times people are out of town so like right. I think we have more success going in the middle of the week like in the middle of the day because there's so many people that work from home and a lot of times like the decision is often left up to the wife right and more often than like the husband being home usually the wife is home during mm-hmm. the day and so if you can communicate directly to them and and give them your pitch it's a lot better than talking to the husband and then the husband going to the wife and saying hey this guy showed up at the door and wants to kill the deer of course you're gonna get a no there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah i mean during the week has been pretty successful mm-hmm. you guys are you know some young strapping <laughs> good looking lads uh what about what about appearance i mean are you showing up in your camo or just uh street clothes actually yes camo for turkeys, every everywhere we go is different. Like you're, okay. you're you're changing your pitch everywhere you go. It's a different, it's a different sales pitch, different, you know, education points and arguments you're trying to make. I actually found knocking on doors in full camo, turkey vest, like everything for turkey permission, is amazing. And why do you think that is? So I I go with the struggling turkey hunter pitch. Because <laughs> uh, it's like I'll what, knock on their which door. Which actually, like that, that's not it's, even a it's pitch. Facts. That's just, no, it's just yeah. that's <laughs> why I'm knocking on your door. Yeah. yeah, and so I'll make a joke about that, and like, you know, th- th- I knock on the door, they answer, I'm in full camo. It's like clearly this is not an everyday thing for you. Like, so I was like, I'll make a joke, just a light joke. It's like you can probably guess by the way I'm dressed that you know what I'm about to ask. And they, you know, kind of will chuckle sometimes. It's like you get a little bit of laugh out of them. Mm-hmm. Their guard is down. This is, you know, going exactly how you want it to go. Um, and then I'll make the argument of like, or just the joke, like, you know, I've been turkey hunting this morning, feeling like an idiot. These stupid turkeys are just whipping my tail. And I figured I'd act like an idiot and try and chase them around on your property too. And uh, so they'll laugh and kind of be like, yeah, yeah, man, you know, knock yourself out. Like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Good luck. So, yeah. Camo for uh, turkey permission is actually great, but outside of that, for deer, I, I don't know if you've ever done it. I've never I've done, not it. done it. Definitely um, not. I don't think it would be a good idea to do it for for deer stuff. But has turkey permission ever opened up deer permission? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. And then as far as being presentable, I mean, I don't know how. Uh, I've gotten permission from a grandmother who is clearly interested in me for reasons outside of hunting. Um, <laughs> whatever it takes. I like that. Whatever it takes attitude. Got to take one for the team sometimes. <laughs> and she was, um, I made that pretty apparent. I think she just liked the thrill of flirting with like a younger guy. Sure. And that is literally the only reason she gave me hunting permission. And I killed a really big deer on her property, but she would like, <laughs> who was that? What deer? Leo. She okay. would like walk outside and would be wearing like a, you know, low cut shirt, no bra. And would like purposely bent, like drop something on the ground and bend over, 
and just be like, Ooh, like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll say like, did you like what you saw? It's like, and I'm just, you know. Yeah, I got lots of really good trail cam <laughs> <laughs> yeah. over there. So, so we're going to need the highest power binos that you have <laughs> for hunting that spot. Right. Right. I mean, I'm in, man, just sounds like a win-win for everybody. Um, that was actually the lady that um, was about to save the whales lady. She oh, was no, a okay. save the whales calendar. Yeah. So that's crazy, man. I love it. Okay. I got one more question and maybe you guys, maybe you guys already answered this, but how do you, like, if you're not aware of a particular deer, let's say in from whatever capacity, is it just like gut? You're like, man, I've seen, I've seen this before. I know good deer are likely going to be in a place like this. And so you're just knocking on the door. Or is it just like, I'm going to knock on as many doors as I can and I'm going to get permission and then I'll find out what's there. It's a combination of both. I mean, in cities that we're familiar with, we know where the good pockets of genetics are at this point. Like we've had enough spots. We know, know enough people. Then it goes to, you're looking at the habitat, you're looking at food, water, cover, and then also like the likelihood of there being hunting pressure there. When you're, when we're going to new cities, we do as much research up front as possible. We talk to as many people as possible, try to get an idea of like where the good genetics are. But after that, I mean, you, you just have to figure it out. Like mm-hmm. the more spots that you can get, again, it's a, it's almost like a process of, of elimination more so than, more than anything else. Eventually you kind of figure out, okay, this, these areas are holding deer. Uh, these areas have better genetics. Maybe you knock on a bunch of doors and there's people hunting in a certain, uh, like a lot more hunting pressure in a certain area. So you kind of start moving away from that. But yeah, I mean, you just have to get that, get out there and do it and get your boots on the ground, cameras in the woods and figure it out. And awesome. we've, we've also had, you know, thawing leads and stuff. Everybody's got a big deer story. Oh man, I saw this huge buck run across this road. I'll show you on a map. And you go down this rabbit hole and it ended up being like 120 inch deer. It's like huge waste of time. But then we've also had it pan out where it has led to a big deer. But 99% of the time when you're chasing these just kind of, oh, I, you know, just, just random leads and stuff, it is not you know, people exaggerate or, you know, there's just, it just, it never honestly, most of the time doesn't ever lead to a deer we actually hunt. It's very rare that we, you know, following leads will, will lead to, you know, an actual like big deer that they saw. So, but you know, oftentimes too, like you just find stuff in the searching process that you, you know, didn't know, like maybe this guy did see a 120 inch deer, but it kind of like opened your eyes to this whole new area and you start to expand on it and then you find, a big deer over there or something like that. Yeah. But. I think we're like the outlook going into the summertime is I want to find a buck that's 170 plus inches for, for Atlanta. That's very difficult to do. But if you have that as your goal, you may find three or four bucks that are in the 140 to 150 class range. And so if you don't stop at that first 140 that you find, then you end up kind of discovering all this stuff that you wouldn't otherwise, if you had just settled for that first buck that you found. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Have you ever had the opposite happen where somebody, you're like, yeah, somebody, and they're like, well, I saw one back there, and I, I think it was a buck. It looked like it had horns, and they're like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> the one that. I'll talking. show you the picture. Oh dear. There's well, cameras rolling. No pun don't, intended, don't but it happened. The, I'm not gonna show the. I'm not gonna show the video. What did the landowner say? That there's like, yeah, there's these, there's like a pretty so, good one back there. I was door knocking and talked to this guy, and he's like, yeah, you know, we have covenants, we can't let anybody hunt, blah blah blah. And, He's like, yeah. I was like, well, you know, 
you see deer? He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we see deer. And I was like, you ever see any, like, bucks running around? He does it mostly does. I'm always trying, even if you get a no, I'm always trying to find, get information somehow. Right. Make sure that's not, you know, not a loss. You're just gathering as much intel as you can. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we've, we've seen some bucks. I was like, do you happen to, I mean, you ever, like, taken a picture of anything? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I actually, he's like, hold on, let me look. He's like, I, th- I think I took a picture of this one last year he's like i'll i'll send it to you well this is what he sent to me yeah i could see where that might stand out in his mind <laughs> <laughs> so some people that's like actually like a really high quality photo i was expecting yeah, like is. this garbage like no. blurry thing in the backyard right. you know so sometimes people are like oh i saw this huge buck and it's just this little dink but then some people will just be like i don't know is this a big deer and you're like jaw just like hits the floor yeah yeah it's like the first time deer hunter going oh, is this good yeah, yeah. right but you got to play it off like it's just like oh you've seen it before don't get that's too excited. totally how i played it off because i didn't want him going around telling his buddies yeah like, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly so. yeah you kind of got to keep those cards close to your chest <laughs> as you like start sweating yeah. sir do you realize <laughs> you could sell that deer for a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh did we miss anything did we miss anything i think we covered a lot of we did. Yeah. Door knocking ground here. I appreciate I mean, th- it, guys. There's probably five hours worth of stuff around door knocking that we could probably continue to talk about. But Well, I think you guys have a place where you offer some additional information we on do. this topic. We yes. do, yeah. Why don't we well, talk about that real quick? Yeah, so we, uh, I guess a year and a half ago, we partnered up with Taylor Chamberlain. He uh, he does the same thing in Washington, D.C., hardcore urban bow hunter. We get, we've been asked the question so many times, how we find these deer, how do we get permission, what do we say to landowners? And it's just something that we just did. I had been trying to convince Lee to kind of give it away in a YouTube video for a while. And I'm glad that he didn't do it because it's just too valuable just to give away. And it's too much information. Like it right. would, it's the podcast that we did with Taylor is like nine hours long. It's broken up into segments, but I mean, we talk about everything in there and it's honestly the secret sauce. Like it's the juice getting permission is so important obviously if you if you're not if the deer's not there if you don't have the spot you're not going to be successful so we put this online course together that covers literally everything we know about urban hunting how we find the bucks how we break down maps what they, specifically the areas that we look for like you were talking about mm-hmm. we have like sample imagery where we're we're kind of circling certain areas for certain times of the season where these bucks might be lee gives his exact pitch i mean we we get in the weeds so we and, can, uh, and we've never spent a single dollar to ever get hunting permission. Like we've never paid somebody to to let us hunt. And if someone said, you know, give me give me a few hundred bucks and I'll let you hunt here, we we don't do it. Wow. Not that we're like opposed to leasing property or anything like that. It's just that's just kind of never how we've done it. Now, obviously, like you know, we've spent a lot of money on gas money and stuff like that, but we've we've never uh, paid anybody to you know let us hunt on their property. So it's just. Be, once you've kind of acquired these skills, you have them the rest of your life. And, you know, it just, it pays off for so many years. Just like once you've, once you've got this information, once you, once you, it's really like it boils down to confidence. Once you're confident in what you're doing now, mm-hmm. people can sniff that out. Like if you're nervous, people will pick up on it quick. But if you're confident in what you're doing, and that's like what we, our intention was for the course was like, we want people to be confident and what they're doing and hopefully shave off that learning. It's like so many years off that learning curve. I mean, it's been 16 years that we've kind of learned what we've learned and then 
kind of created this class to hopefully help people cut the curve. But once you're like oozing that confidence, that is everything. And, and yeah, and you can take it with you the rest of your life and, you know, hopefully not have to spend money on leases. You can. Well, there's that. And honestly, developing those skills probably translates over into other aspects of your life too. It definitely does. No doubt. So no, super. I mean, just amazing. Like, I feel like we covered so much ground here and yet in a lot of ways, I also feel like we scratched the surface. So, which is amazing. If we've scratched the surface of your intrigue into hunting deer in these types of scenarios, number one, thanks for listening to the podcast. Number two, check these guys out over at Seek One. They've got a ton of great content, a ton of great information, and a ton of great information that they can get to you. So, thanks to you guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.